0: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105, one FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. And we're always available around the country on the go with the Free Odyssey app, and uh, a lot of my friends have been supporting the show. Um, I, I really appreciate it, and spread the word. You know, uh, they were talking on the group chat today about how we were telling everyone that you could get free Chick Fil A, uh-huh, right? Yeah. So we're doing a public service. Of thing, course, that's right, what we do here. and uh, we love that. So people could check out the podcast, spread the word at AWOD Radio on Spotify, iTunes, or the Free Odyssey app. And I did want to give a shout out to Moneyline Mike we talk about him every once in a while. It's my buddy from my apartment complex. He is a degenerate gambler. I mean, a guy, he doesn't find a line that he doesn't like, okay. right? And he'll bet on, you know, sports that are going on while we sleep. You know, he doesn't care. He'll bet on know, college a- <laughs> pro, whatever. Chess, he doesn't care. He's just such a degenerate gambler. But now he's single. Okay. Degenerate single. A single Mike is a different animal. He's trying to go out every <laughs> night. You know, he's Placing crazy 10-leg parlays to win thousands of dollars, right? So he can then go to the strip club and blow that money. Single Mike is an animal. All right, Mike. But he's trying to support the show. He's on Hinge now, all Uh right? And he just sent me a screenshot. He's telling girls to call in (laughs) 833-804-0910. He said, quote, she's cute. I'll date her after we see what she knows about the skins. (laughs) So if we get any random <laughs> female callers, we can thank Moneyline Mike okay. for giving out the number, 833 It's the Thanks, funniest Mike. screenshot. It says, hey, Mike, how are you doing? And he goes, call me, 833 <laughs> 804
1: <laughs> My eyes are on the phone lines. Let's see
0: what she knows about the okay. skins Shush. before I take her out. To a date and then see if we can hit the skins. (laughs) All right. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for Commander's Corner. Can I hear that theme song, Stub? It is David Harrison. What's going on, David?
2: Hey, what's up, man? How you been?
0: Uh, I'm doing pretty good here. So uh, let's get right into it. Ben Johnson, if he is the next Commander's Head Coach, how will you feel about that? Do you think he's the right guy for the job?
2: I mean, I certainly think he could be the right guy for the job. I think when you when you watch the Detroit Lions offense, you can't help but just kind of you just be really impressed with some of the things that he does and the ways that he kind of accentuates the talents of the players that he has on the roster. And obviously, you start with the quarterback, Jared Goff. And, you know, he's a guy who, when he was traded from Los Angeles to Detroit, he was by and large kind of considered just kind of a throwaway piece of that. Like, of course, if you're going to trade for Matt Stafford, you can't keep Goff on the roster. So you got to ship him to Detroit. And, and you know, I'm sure there was a lot of speculation then on, who the next quarterback to the Lions would be, whether or not they would draft one that year or the next year, uh, and all these things. And really, Ben Johnson has been part of the process to, to make Jared Goff or, or at least facilitate Jared Goff becoming uh, this, this, this newfound leader of a team that is not only leading his offense to the NFC Championship game, but you know inside Ford Field and hearing his name chanted at the top of their lungs. It's, it's quite an amazing turnaround. Not that Jared Goff has suddenly become you know Tom Brady or anything like that, but it's, it's a testament to what they've been able to do uh, schematically in a league that really highlights the athleticism of the quarterback position to have one who's not as athletic as, as most of these guys, but also be able to succeed against some of the top defenses in the NFL, especially one as aggressive as Todd Bowles uh, in Tampa Bay is last weekend. Uh, it just shows that he he has the football IQ to, to do it, but also you watch the way those players rally around Ben Johnson, uh, how much praise they have, for him, they have for him, how much they love playing for him, and how much he, they say he works with them. Whereas some, some coaches decide that if you work for me, do what I tell you to do versus you know, let's let's make this a team effort and get to the mountaintop together.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, we've just heard such good things about Ben Johnson and, and the way the Lions are playing uh, has me really intrigued. I think you're right about Jared Goff. That, that feels like the number one reason why he could be the right head coach for the job. He's kind of revitalized his career. You could point to Sam Laporte, Monra, St. Brown, you know, the dual running backs that they have, or they can run to or throw to out of the backfield. The offense has been just so impressive, but Hiring a head coach is just the start. I could ar- I think you could argue that if Mike Shanahan got a right defensive coordinator, he might still be here. Jay Gruden had the offense humming, but never got it right with the defensive coordinator. So Adam uh, Peters hires Ben Johnson. They're going to make need to make sure they hit at the D.C. hiring also. Who would you like to be the defensive coordinator?
2: You know, that, that's actually a topic I haven't gotten too deep into yet because I'm so focused on the head coach. But I think at the end of the day, What you need on defense, and we've had this conversation before on your show, you need a defensive coordinator that's going to come out here and attack offenses like they're an offense themselves. And what I mean by that is you want a defense that says, I'm going to make you do what I want you to do. Now, when you look at all the candidates out there who may or may not get head coaching opportunities and all those, you would love to bring a defensive coordinator who has experience already but is kind of looking for that next step. Dan Quinn, I know he's a name that a lot of people don't love as a head coach, but I would love to see him. Uh, potentially move from Dallas to Washington. Now, with Mike McCarthy coming back, I think that's a lesser uh, opportunity. He's someone that if if that coaching staff was replaced, I felt like Dan Quinn could be a a dark horse candidate to become the defensive coordinator uh, in Washington, and that I would have been very happy with because I think Dan's defense in Dallas does that. They try to force you as an offense to do what they want you to do versus reacting to what you're going to do, and that's just the personal style of defense. I like the most. But I think you also have to look in-house to the Detroit Lions staff. Obviously, we know there's a large history. I would call them the Washington Commanders, And, you know, back in in Tampa when Bruce Arians came in, there was a bunch of, of Arizona Cardinals that came in. When Lovie Smith comes to a place, there's former Chicago Bears that come in. So I think that when you look at who Ben Johnson's worked for, especially guys who may have been on that Detroit Lions staff prior to Dan Campbell arriving, because I think when you look at offensive line coach Hank Fraley and him being a favorite to be the offensive coordinator for Ben yeah. Johnson wherever he lands, that relationship that pre exists, Dan Campbell, is a big part of that as well.
0: Yeah, no, I've heard a lot about the offensive line coach uh, moving over to become our OC, and, and I like that. And, uh, you know, I've been saying with the defense coordinator position, I, I like Dan Quinn. I think the younger you go at head coach, the older you need to go uh, with more experience at the defense coordinator mm-hmm. position. Uh, I, I would even throw out Wink Martindale. I mean, he's kind of been the big yeah. bad wolf against the Commanders the last few years. Uh, just so good with his blitz schemes. Uh, but me and you had an interesting conversation uh, through DMs on Twitter about the balance of Ben Johnson's offense. Mm-hmm. The ability to not just be back in shotgun, to be under center, to run and pass, and to have you know some deep threats and play action. Explain that to my audience a little bit.
3: Yeah, so, you
2: know, we've, we've obviously seen this rise of shotgun usage in the National Football League, I think, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, quarterbacks in, in the collegiate game being so used to playing in a shotgun because so many collegiate schemes use shotgun almost primarily, uh, if, if not exclusively, to their schemes. And, and some of that, you know, you have some shorter quarterbacks. You look at you guys like Sam Howell, who are obviously shorter in stature, and putting them in a shotgun ideally gives them a, a better, a wider angle view right at the defense in front of them and doesn't bog down. Uh, their ability to find throwing lanes over these six-foot-three, six-foot-four offensive linemen and and all these things. And I, myself, I'm 5'10", 5'11", on a good day. I stand, you know, next to Nick Gates in the locker room. I couldn't imagine trying to find anything looking over his head. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things that has kind of become a necessity of the game. But at the same time, you know, just like anything in life, if you overdo it, you can hurt yourself. And I think that in some situations, some instances, the shotgun is being overused. And especially when you look at the play-action game, you know, the idea behind play action traditionally is to get the defense to either hesitate a beat or, in best case scenario, you get them to collapse in on what they think is a run play, opening up passing lanes behind them, and you get uh, opportunities for big shots. Well, the reason the play actions are traditionally so, so so effective is because the defense doesn't know what's happening with the ball. Well, when you're in shotgun, they go – when the quarterback hands the, tries to hand the ball off or go for that play action motion to the running back, the ball is never hidden. When you're coming out of center – you come out of uh, come out of the snap and your back is turned, and you know you see the best quarterbacks that have have play action ability. And what do they do? They they very bravely because you never know what's going to happen behind you, right? But they very bravely turn their complete backs. You have their their nameplate to the defense, and you know a Michael Parsons could be screaming down on top of your spine the next second. But that's what you do as a quarterback. You hide the ball It makes the defense be uh, more more reactive to that play action. And you have to mix that up. You can't. You can't just go solely out of play action or play action out of shotgun because defense just have that ability. We've heard defenders talk about it before in interviews, talking about play action. When you play action out of shotgun, they'll tell you they have that extra beat. They don't have to react to the run because if you do hand the ball off, they're going to see it as soon as you let go of the ball. And you're four yards behind the line of scrimmage. They don't have to worry about being late as much as they do as if you're at the line of scrimmage under center. So just mixing that up and making sure that you do that. And Ben Johnson, This season, especially, has been one of the offensive coordinators for the Detroit Lions that has really done a good job of mixing that up. And then the way he uses David Montgomery in a lot of those power run scenarios, Jameer Gibbs in a lot of those play-action screens or play-action dump-offs, and then also using his running ability, has really forced defenses to play based on what Ben is showing them. And a lot of times what Ben is showing you is not what's actually happening, it's what he wants you to see so he sets up what's actually going on.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great explanation right there. And the Lions not the only team having success with hard play action. I mean, Flacco did that final few games of the season with the Cleveland Browns. You're so right. What what I was most impressed about was Jared Goff's ability to look downfield but not be afraid to dump it off. And there was a play on uh, maybe the final drive where they had like three or four guys going deep, and Jameer Gibbs just you know play action, kind of sat there five yards deep and and caught it and and picked up the first down. Um, And so I I thought it was a really good uh, game plan and scheme by Ben Johnson. David, thanks so much for the time, man. People should check out host of Locked On Commanders, but where can they read your work now?
3: Uh, yeah, CommanderCountry.com,
2: Sports Illustrated Foundation. We're We're still here. Doors are still open.
0: <laughs> All right. I love that. That's David Harrison. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105, one FM, and we are always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Just search 910 the fan to hear AWOD radio monday through friday from 12 to 3 p.m you can pause on the free odyssey app you can rewind back to 6 a.m to hear the sports junkies or 10 to hear mp on the mic you Can pause the show run some errands then pick up right where you left off have you seen that wwe raw will have a new television home this year Did you see who they signed a deal with? It was Netflix, wasn't it? It was Netflix. That's the lead story as we go around Hollywood and entertainment here on Netflix.
3: Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix.
0: I forget. Have I asked you, are you a big wrestling fan? I didn't think so. No. (laughs) And I, I watched it when I was a kid, but I never really got into it because... I love sports so much that, like, it's all about the competition where I feel like it's not rigged. And as soon as I knew that, you know, the producers picked who was going to win for WWE, it never hit for me. Uh, But Netflix will see the streamer have television rights for Raw, the WWE show, starting in January of 2025. This is a deal that's contracted for 10 years worth about $5 billion. And it follows earlier news that SmackDown, which airs Friday nights on Fox... We'll be moving to usa network in october as part of a five-year deal worth 1.4 billion dollars
1: if cable was not already dead it is the beginning of the end it is this is going to continue to happen
0: well because it wwe is i wouldn't consider it like sports but sports is moving to yes. streaming yes. services yes. we just had peacock hosting a wild card game we're going to get to the point where the Super Bowl's on the streaming service. It's absolutely yeah. going to happen. They can't turn down that money. I've been saying, I think in the next five years, you're going to have a Super Bowl in Dubai because they're going to take the money to host it there. I uh, believe that. You know, billions of dollars. Yeah. And, and and the money is just insane right now. So that that's something I wanted to mention on Netflix. I know you wanted to uh, take over this segment with more Oscar talk here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I sure do love my Oscar talk. There's been a big hubbubaloo oh. on, on, a, on a Twitter uh, about Barbie, and a lot of people are saying Margot Robbie was snubbed. Yeah. Because, of a, a, the
0: for no reason. For no reason. Well, because they, they. I saw one lady it, say, "We did a whole movie about women, and then it becomes about the men at the Oscars." Yeah. Because so, Ken, uh, Ryan Gosling did get nominated. Ryan Gosling got nominated,
1: but so did America Ferrera. Okay. Which is, who was an actress in the movie. Uh-huh. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. A lot of people are saying it's like a weird anti-feminist thing to not nominate Margot Robbie. Ugh. But the, the people that made it are other women. The well, category how about, is actress. How about, how about I, this I don't. <laughs> Margot Robbie wasn't good enough in the movie wasn't good enough to even be nominated for anything. I was so bored by Barbie. No, you hated the movie. Whatever. I did. And, and there's, a, there's a, oh, Barbie didn't get enough. Got eight nominations, one of which was Best Picture. Right. I Which is insane
0: to me because I feel like if you watched that movie, uh, you were bored. I mean, I just no. don't know how you watched it. I was, I the was first thirty the time, minutes most were so <laughs> Will Ferrell's
1: so it, awful. It was the highest grossing movie of the year. Most people liked
0: it. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of women liked it, and a lot of men. I'm not a, you a lot woman, of men too. But you're in the category of people that liked it.
1: All right, you know what that's I mean? what I'm saying. A lot of guys like that movie. Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. None yeah. of
0: my friends. All right.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, no! There wasn't no football in the movie. Well, Anyways.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on now. The biggest plot point was Margot Robbie's feet touching <laughs> no, the ground. Because she didn't have was That was a, a two-minute gag. Well, do you admit it was a two that Will gag? Ferrell you only was awful? Well, yes, well, I Will hate Ferrell Will Ferrell, Will
1: Ferrell as of the last 20 years of movies yeah. he's made. And Ryan Gosling, they,
0: he dumbed down himself for this movie. He's better than that. He didn't need to do that.
1: You can be dumb. And, and hey, well, that was my problem with Step Brothers, and you got mad at me for that. Yeah, no, so, I know. So here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Look at us. <laughs> Look arguing at us. about Barbie. All right. Uh, let's go. I, I didn't really cover a lot of the supporting things. I'm uh, quite rooting for uh, Robert Downey Jr. to get supporting actor from oh. Oppenheimer.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: he did a really good job. There's a lot of, See, lot of things he did See, that can movie can get me
0: fired up. We're talking yes. about a bug. We can talk about Oppenheimer. Right? We're, not, we're, I, we're not talking about you know, pretty girls in their dresses.
1: Yes. All right, yes. I'm fired up that's to see fine.
0: Oppenheimer. Soon as it comes out on Peacock, yeah, you really that's need to watch for me. It
1: because I'm also giving the supporting actress, I think supporting actor and actress both go to Oppenheimer. Really? Because I think Emily Blunt gave the best performance in Oppenheimer.
0: What about what about the lead guy? Sicilian? Cillian? I'm. I, I'm a, I heard he was excellent.
1: He was excellent. He was. Yes, he like absolutely killed the role. Should he win role.
0: best picture or should he win best actor?
1: Probably. Okay. I I need to check out uh, American Fiction and I need to check out. The holdovers, and I need to check out Rustin, as yeah. I've only seen two of the five performances. Right. Because really
0: your vote really does matter.
1: I I know what I'm <laughs> I know what I'm saying. I know <laughs> I, I have know. I do my I do my research. You do I say research. more than most, and I'd you have strong opinions, I I have strong and we opinions appreciate and it. It's it. okay.
0: Yeah, just not a fan of you talking about Barbie. But but but. Move no, and I've
1: moved on. Yeah, you have. I moved on. And yeah, you're, you're just, getting mad at me again. And well, I've moved on. of
0: course I am, because you're you're trying to champion Barbie. All right. Yes,
1: and as as many are.
0: Uh, You know, you're right. Look, I... You're right.
1: I'm the one in the minority that didn't like the movie. Look... I know that. Look, no, and I I honestly... I don't think it should have gotten the best picture now. Okay. I would have given best director to Greta Gerwig. Okay. I think she did a lot, and I think all of its nominations for, like, production design, costume, hair, and makeup are well-deserved. Okay. But... No, the costumes
0: it, were cool. I mean, every, yeah, it everybody was, it was, was wearing It was pink. very unique costume, it was so pink. And, and
1: it was like a lot of callbacks. I, I would give it a lot of credit. Here, yeah. I'm getting a phone call. Okay. Uh, if you have phone anything. lines
0: are open, 833-804-0910. I did want to talk about Netflix getting rid of their cheapest ad-free plan, and it is so frustrating because it, it feels like we've just got, come full circle here. I'm 31 years old. I grew up watching TV shows, and every TV show that I liked had commercials. Then all of a sudden... During my college years, in comes Netflix and Hulu and FX and all these streaming services that allow you to watch shows without commercials. Well, they're all coming back. In the USA, users will need to pay between fifteen fifty and 22 or $23 to avoid ads once it's phased out. The removal plan will start immediately in Canada and the UK before expand- expanding globally. And it's just wild because... Everybody signed up for Netflix with the ad-supported plan. In fact, it was 23 million active users. More than 40% of all signups were the ad-supported plan because they were like, "Hey, I'll pay less for ads." But now they're gonna get rid of this and make you pay more. It's so frustrating.
1: Yeah, no, that that I, I didn't catch a lot of what you said, but ads yeah, make me I mad mean, it's just the, the ads. With, uh, with the uh, I, I
0: don't. What I don't like about Netflix is it just feels like they're moving the goalposts, right? It started in um, what was the first price like 8.99, right? And love is sharing a password. That was their yeah, thing, right? And then they faded away the whole getting a DVD in the mail and I'm fine with that. But then it was all of a sudden, we're going to jump up to 10.99. Then 15.99. And then love is not sharing a password. You got to pay an extra 8 bucks to get your friend or your family on the line. And now they're going to move it up from 15.99 to
1: $23. And Netflix has the worst selection of movies. That's my. That is my. That's what I believe. Is how I feel. Well, they did just add dumb money, and I gave that a
0: four and a half out of I five. I do want to check that one. So out. you got to check okay. that out. Phone lines are open eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Let's go to our buddy Coach in Richmond on line one. What's going on, Coach? What's up, B-Y? Tell me you didn't call in to defend Barbie, Coach.
3: yeah, kind of. <laughs> <because> of <that. laughs> all right, all right. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I heard you giving my man Phil a hard time about Bobby. I ain't see Bobby or nothing. But any man that goes out and can down a whiskey, a cup of beers, and end it all with a shot of tequila, man—he's a—he's a, a ratter. Yeah, he's a ratter. He's a third. He's with no. me. That's my man. No, you're Thank right. You, He's—he's he's you, a Coach. real man. <laughs> he
0: was—he was a real man last night. Uh, Coach, do you have any interest in watching Barbie though?
3: Nah, I got some. I got daughters. They I'm uh. I'm not gonna watch it. I made made the girls may watch it, and I probably uh, fall asleep or some. You know, <laughs> but no, I don't have. I had zero interest in watching Barbie. Yeah, no, hey, fair I'm enough. When that. I when I, want, I saw I it wanna... th-
1: when I saw it in a the theater, there was a lot of uh, y- like parents with daughters around, mm-hmm. and they yeah. seemed to really enjoy it. So right. I recommend letting them see. But it.
0: you liked it more than them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have an appreciation uh, for film.
0: Hey, Coach, why we got you? What would you say was your favorite movie that you saw this year?
3: Oh man, that's a good one. Uh, I caught a couple of those Netflix movies. Um, I haven't actually been physically to the movie theater in years. Uh, <laughs> I've seen uh, what I've seen. i what? I seen that last movie that came out on Netflix, uh, "Lead the World Behind." Yeah, that was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't like the way it ended, but but it, the ending was kind of contradictory because you could make your own ending or think whatever happened or you know. Pretty yeah. much, you know, you had to come to your own conclusion.
0: Yeah, and you and I remember you called in a couple months ago. You really liked uh, Air, the Michael Jordan movie.
3: Yeah, I did. That was a good one too. Yeah, yeah.
4: definitely.
3: Yeah. Now, Stubbs said Netflix didn't have any pretty good titles, but I tell you what, Netflix put together some pretty good movies. Uh, Kevin Hart got a new one on there. I want to check out that one. lift. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to catch that one yet. Yeah, I, 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 uh,
0: I have heard about that. You know what? Nobody talked about was. Um, Kevin Hart's movie or TV series called True Story, that was excellent. Have you heard about that, Coach? I think I've seen a preview for that. Kevin Hart got so, many, so much stuff on that. Yeah, uh, but, man, this, but this and- one's not like a comedy at all. It's a drama action, and it's him, and um, it's a really good cast. I'm trying to figure out who it is. But basically, Kevin Hart accidentally murders his girlfriend, and then the rest of the show... Uh, they're trying to kind of make up for that. It's Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. Check it out, man. I think you'll love it. It's on oh, yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen
3: that one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, right? That a good one. That was a good one this year. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That was a good one. Yeah.
0: Coach, good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. I, 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 yeah. Alright, man. I, I won't be too hard on, on Stub. <laughs> I like how Coach had your back, stub. I know.
1: I I, I I take a shot at tequila and everyone's got my back, I yeah, guess. Yeah,
0: you grow a little ha- uh, so. chair on your head. Ha- <laughs> ha- uh, a little hair on your L- chest. There you go. <laughs> Alright, I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I don't ever want to be like you. Welcome back. I don't I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910. The fan now at 105 1FM. I did want to get into the NFL news the last few days, like what's going to happen with Bill Belichick. I saw a rumor, former Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll making a push for the Chargers job. We saw Mike Vrabels reportedly in the mix for that. It's just, it's the craziest coaching cycle in the NFL in the past 20 years, right? Bill Belichick leaving New England. I mean, that doesn't even include Dick Saban leaving college. We're just talking NFL right now. Pete Carroll on the Harbaugh. move. Mike Vrabel. Uh, could Harbaugh go from college to back into the NFL? It has just been a wild uh, coaching cycle so far. And um, it's going to continue as the Commanders will end up naming their head coach um, probably right after the Super Bowl or maybe even before then. But it is time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update on the fan with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill?
4: Hi, Adam. Good afternoon. What's going on? We had a really exciting basketball game last night. The Hokies beat Boston College in front of a packed house at Castle. It was a dramatic game that came down to the end. We've got, well, everyone's excited. The ACC football schedule gets released tonight for the fall, so ACC football fans are eager about that to see what's going to be unveiled this evening. And uh, let's see, the women have a big game tomorrow night against Georgia Tech at 6 o'clock, and then the men's team... We'll try to make it three in a row in the ACC Saturday against Georgia Tech. So yeah. that's kind of Hokies athletics in a nutshell. The football schedule releases what – there's some drama coming out tonight, so we'll see what it looks like.
0: That's awesome, man. And, you know, there's something about the Commonwealth Clash and playing against Virginia. Last year, that was kind of a momentum booster for the Hokies. This year, they lose at Virginia – but then turn around and win two straight hard-fought games after that. I was really impressed by the win at NC State. That's who UVA plays tonight. And then you're right, the late-night win against Boston College. Really good play from the backcourt.
4: You know, getting Hunter Kator back is really big. He missed some time there with a concussion. And not only is he a really good shooter, which he showed both in Raleigh on Saturday and last night here in Blacksburg, Adam, but he's he's such a high IQ basketball player he takes charges he gets deflections tech had talking with coach young after the game last night tech had 27 deflections last night hmm. that's an awful lot of tip balls and you know that's not in the box score so to speak but coaches every coach college pro you chart that right there's a coach on the on the bench with a clipboard or someone sitting courtside because when you deflect the pass out of bounds no, it's not a turnover, and no, it's not a defensive stop. But in the NBA, that ball gets deflected out of bounds and there's nine on the shot clock. That changes the whole set. Yeah. And that's what was happening to Boston College last night. Every time BC tried to reverse the ball, it, Tech made it hard. You know, and, and so now the guard, they have a really good point guard, by the way, but you know, he's backing up towards midcourt. You know, you're know, you trying to create some space so you can run your, your offense. And, and Couture being there really helps i mean he's a good shooter but he and he takes charges but but he's really good at deflecting balls out of bounds and there's you know they created some turnovers last night on that too so I, I think having him back the last two games has been a big thing and then you know he turns the ball over at a higher percentage than anyone would want but sean padula is really carrying the team he he made an amazing three uh, in the final minute and he also had a, uh, a steal in the, in, in, in the last couple of minutes of the game. So those two kids are playing at a very high level.
0: Yeah, and you're so right about deflections. I mean, it won't show up on the box score, uh, but it is so important. And, and you know, we tracked that at VCU as well. They did force 15 yeah. turnovers, had eight steals, four blocks. So it was a really good defensive performance. And you're right, the clutch shooting by Sean Padula. I also loved the Hokies at the free throw line, 16 of 16. Uh, but, Bill, I have a question for you here. My Elijah Poteet. Such an important mm. guy on this roster. How would you kind of explain what he does? Because a lot of it doesn't show up on the box score, too.
4: Yeah, and, and he gave the Hokies some big minutes last night because Boston College Post, their center, I mean, he's a legit 7-footer. I don't know that he's an NBA pro, but he, he's likely a European pro. And, but, I mean, he's a legit 7-foot guy with long arms, and he can step out and shoot. And and there were times last night, by the way, Boston College is a really well-coached basketball team. Ro Grant did a great job at Charleston. He's doing a good job there. And, you know, BC's kind of the one ACC team that people forget about. It's in our conference. He's, and, and it's a hard place to recruit. There's a lot of reasons for that. But they they run a great offense uh, where, I guess, I don't know, you, if you're a basketball coach, you could probably explain it to me better. But they kind of invert their offense, where they bring their center out to the top of the key and then they they run their offense through the center out top, and he's so tall; it's he he can pitch the ball. He sees things. He's a good passing big man. And Potik gave the Hokies a really nice—I don't know—three or four segments off the bench, where you know he got up there and messed with them a little bit, yeah, and made things hard for him. And uh, so I guess I'm, I'm I'm praising the Boston College coach, but also the tech, the way the Hokies and Mike Young defended. Boston College last night, because they got a lot of stops down the stretch. It was a, a one-possession game at the under-4 media, uh, under media timeout.
0: Let's move over to the Lady Hokies. They bounced back from a two-game losing streak to defeat Clemson 74-62. to Liz Kitley just does it all. 15 of 22. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 4 steals, 2 blocks. I mean, it is just unbelievable what she's done here, and uh, I think it's going to be remembered for a long time in the ACC.
4: You know, she's great. I think the key for the Hokies is getting Amor back. They won a game without her at the point. Uh, Georgia Tech's a team that, you know, we're familiar with and You know, it's funny, it's an interesting connect the dots kind of thing. I think I think Mike Young and, and the men's team and Kenny Brooks and the women's team can kinda like have a have a similar we're looking for that third score. We're yeah. looking for that fourth, you know, just someone because you know the hokies—they're not the explosive offensive team that they were a year ago. The women's team—it's not like you can look out there and go, "Oh my goodness," there's four different players that could get 30 or 40, maybe right, or or a 28-point game. And I—I I think that doesn't mean that they can't win and have a great March again this year. But it's a little bit different of a team. The 23 hokies were the best women's team we've ever seen here, and when the 24 team is really good. I don't know that it's. A team that you can say, oh, that's a Final Four team. At least not yet. I mean, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but they're going to have to get some scoring somewhere else, especially in a game where if, if Amor is out, who else can come up and play, be productive, uh, in 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 clutch time, particularly?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it is so important to find that third scorer. Uh, you know, when she's healthy, you know what you're going to get from Amor, and same with Kitley. You know, I think it could be the talented freshman. I've been impressed with. Guard Carly Wenzel out of Texas. She, you know, she was doing the point guard duties, uh, in the game the other day, ended up with four assists. A- it feels like she has, you know, she has that dog in her. She's got that ick factor where, you know, she's not afraid as a freshman to go to the basket. She's got a good three point shot. We've seen that she's yeah. decent at handling I the rock. I-, I think that could be the third score, maybe.
4: You know, she's, a, she was a top 70 recruit coming out of high school. Her minutes have gone up because of her, uh, the, her the injury to Georgia Amore, but you know what she, you can see the lack of experience, the lack of playing time Two possessions. Good possession. Number three, what was that?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Right. Yeah. That's when the college coaches, you you always, you can do every game out of every game, men's, women's, whatever you can, the cutaway at the bench, and the head coach is like look, looking over his shoulder, talking with his assistant. Yeah, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know what they're talking about? They're going, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> like, we haven't practiced that in six weeks. What <laughs> is she doing? Or what is he doing? And and that's that's the beauty of college basketball, right? That's the beauty of freshmen because, you know, then they become sophomores and then juniors. And then they're not even looking at the bench. Like, they're out there. They've got complete control of the game. And they're not, they're not making the mistakes where they're, they're throwing the ball into the stands because they don't know the play, or they forgot the play, or the crowd got to them, or they're concerned about they got beat off the dribble, the last defensive possession, and that's all. She's going to be a really good player, and you know that's the beauty of the NBA, man. That's the, the NBA coaches. Everyone's got that out of their system, but in college, we're still kind of working through how to handle different things with with players.
0: Bill, great stuff, man. As always, we got to run. Thanks so much.
4: Enjoy the schedule release tonight. We'll talk about that next Wednesday. Yep,
0: should be a ton of fun. That was the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The fan now at 105.1 FM. Final segment of the day before I hand it off to Grant Danny in Washington, D.C. They were arguing about the new uh, should the NFL change the – Fumble out of the end zone rule, and of course you can check that out by rewinding on the Odyssey app or checking out the podcast. I know they had Eric Bickle from the Junkies on the show for that discussion. I'll be hanging around the studios today as we're going to record a new episode of the Black and Gold Fan Podcast every week talking all things VCU hoops. Uh, it's myself alongside three diehard fans of Ram Nation. Two of them season ticket holders since they were in diapers. Connor Bailey, Caleb Jones, and the professor Chris Mason. But the TV ratings are out for the NFL Divisional Round of the Playoffs. Did you see the average for all four games, Stubb? I did not. What would you guess?
1: Can you repeat the question?
0: What was the <laughs> average number of viewers? All right, so number of viewers. The okay. average number, I think, of the Thanksgiving game was a uh, twenty six million? Think higher.
1: Yeah, I didn't. the The Kansas City Bills game broke a record, right? Yes, I it think did. I saw that. Okay, so what would be your guess? Average million. Forty five.
0: Forty million. All right. Forty million. All right. So we start with Ravens over the Texans. That's a tough game. It was the first. It was the first game. It's Saturday. million viewers. Um, It was the most watched NFL game in ESPN's history. The All Sports Network has been airing NFL games since 87, the early game Saturday, which generally registers the lowest viewing numbers of the weekend, uh, broke their record 38 or 31.8 million.
1: They picked the, the right game to put there. Yeah. It was the it, it was, was the a good le- one. It was plus, the only one that was Plus you close. get Lamar and yeah. an
0: MVP and the East Coast was, you know, up and ready for that one. Uh, 49ers against Packers, 49ers went 24-21. The comeback win was a huge hit for Fox viewers with an average number of 37.5 million that also makes that the most watched Saturday telecast on any network since the winter Olympics in nineteen
1: ninety four. Oh. Obviously you remember
0: those Winter Olympics in ninety four. Oh,
1: I sure I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could have asked me about the winter now, Olympics. Now the game
0: did eventually did not kick off till eight fifteen PM Eastern time. I do think maybe if it was like a seven thirty uh kickoff, they would have had a little bit more viewers, but we move on to Sunday's Lions win over the Bucks on NBC and they say apparently a lot of people were interested in watching the Lions try to advance to the NFC title game for the first time in 32 years. That game had an average 40.4 million making it the most watched divisional playoff game on NBC since 1994. Right. And number 1, of course, the Chiefs victory 27-24 An average audience of 50.39 million with a peak of 56.25 million at one point in the second half. The viewership uh, topped the average viewership for every NFC Championship game that has been played over the last five years. Uh, It was the first one to top 50 million uh, in NFL history. Pretty good amount of viewership. A lot of eyes on the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think part of that is... The Swift is, factor,
1: it is. Like, the Swifties it just is. <laughs> out
0: there. My mom was watching. I asked my mom last night on the phone. I almost could have guaranteed last year she would have had no idea who this person is. I said, "Mom, do you know who Jason Kelsey is?" She goes, "Oh yeah, that's the Eagles center who's the son of Donna Kelsey." I'm like, "What? You know his mom?"
1: <laughs> Dude, it, it's cousin Taylor Swift. If I, I, I I, I can, I can get it now because I would watch a game to watch Jason Kelsey. <laughs> it, it it made that whole game for me I'm sure it was jumping yeah. around it was, it was it, awesome it made the game and, for and me. people
0: can hate Taylor Swift um I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan I've, I've always said I think Katy Perry more attractive and a better musician and I will stand by that I think Beyonce is much better as a musician than Taylor Swift as well hate me I'm not a Swifty but I will say though I kind of do like seeing her at football games. It gives me a little more juice if it's a blowout or something like that. I'm always looking to see you know, what kind of memes are going to come from it. And you can't hate Taylor Swift for what she did at Highmark Stadium to the staff. Have you heard about this? I have stuff? not. Taylor Swift tipped crew members with $100 bills and offered them selfies with the game. Uh, it, it was reported it was close to $1,000 worth of tips. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. But there's no way to defend hating that. You love to hear it.
1: Like I that's mean, just that's, that's what you really want to nice of from, her, from right? Someone like that.
0: I mean, you saw Jason Kelsey was bringing kids yeah, up you know, to, to, tell to say it, hi to her. To say <laughs> hi to her. And she does seem to be a really down to earth celebrity. Yeah.
1: I. I. She really might be the most famous person in the world at this point. She might be. Like I think it was. Michael, I don't
0: think it's Michael Jordan I, anymore. I think.
1: I think it was Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. there was a power vacuum. I'd say for a while. I, uh, I don't. Just
0: people didn't know who it was.
1: Yeah. I think and, Prince was up there for a little bit. Yeah. But even the, I, I, I think I think that Taylor has kind of emerged as the new most famous person. I think you're right. I, I, I really do. I, <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, I would argue maybe Leonardo DiCaprio probably up even there. Even then,
1: I, I like, it, you're getting all ages. Yeah. With with Taylor, here. you really the kids are because
0: the thing is with Taylor Swift, you get the Swifties who are celebrating their sweet sixteen. Yeah. Right. That's like her 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 bit. Yeah. Sixteen year olds, and then you have all the way up to people my mom's age. Yeah. She doesn't want me to tell you her age. She's old, yeah, and she loves Taylor yeah.
1: Swift. You got the five year olds, right? That are, that you've got the, you
0: know you got the the girls that are my age in their thirties. They yeah. love Taylor Swift. They went to see the movie. You know, my friend, he had a, his door doormat said. We listen to Taylor's version in this house. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? And it's
1: really not just girls. Like, yeah. uh, there are plenty of guys that, that like Taylor passively too. appreciate it. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of people think it's,
0: she's really attractive. Yeah. I kind of think it's, she looks like a skinny horse, but that's just me being mean on the fan, typical of AWOD radio. All right. appreciate everybody listening to the show. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.